Good morning and welcome to another edition of Today's Nutrition, where we look at what's new in research, what's hot in the news, or any topic that can affect our health, vitality, and longevity. Well, today we're going to continue with research on gut health and also take a little dive into very old techniques that our ancestors discovered that not only preserve food, but help the gut flora to thrive, usually unknowingly. They just wanted food to last. So I'm talking about fermentation and the byproducts of fermentation. So we're talking probiotics, prebiotics, and now even postbiotics. This month, we've discussed how the gut influences every part of the body, the brain, the heart, the immune system, your mood, your genes, everything. There have been more than 50,000 studies in the last five years on our microbiome, and we're learning a lot. We know we have over 40 trillion bacteria in us and on us that are required for us to live and thrive. In fact, humans, we have more microbial DNA than human DNA. That's truly amazing. No wonder we are studying it in depth. When our gut suffers from antibiotics or poor diet or stress or toxins, you feel it all over. Our biology is interconnected with this big microbial system, and that requires us to have a really good relationship with all those microbes. And it all begins when you are born. When you're born, your intestines are sterile. But thanks to mother's milk, crawling around on the floor with the dog and sticking every darn thing into your mouth, your gut is rapidly colonized by microbes that are essential. You can tell as the diaper changes that baby's gut is maturing. And whether you were born C-section, whether you were breastfed, crawled in the grass, had a pet, what we eat, how we live, where we travel, all these influence our total body microbiome and our overall health. We develop these natural health-promoting bacteria, and they work together with the human body to supply us with things we need, including certain essential nutrients. And right now, with the use of all the antimicrobials to fight COVID, we are affecting that, all the bacteria, and possibly the balance. Only research is going to be able to tell us how things have changed. But Because our overall health is directly related to our gut health, in fact, Hippocrates, the father of modern medicine, stated, all disease begins in the gut. In those 50,000 studies that have been conducted about the health of our gut, we are finding at least 90% of disease can be traced back and find correlations to how healthy our gut is. Chronic illness, trace back to the microbe. A really profound finding that I think is just, oh, so important is our immune system doesn't even respond to a pathogen without signals from our microbiome. Wow, we can be overwhelmed with pathogens if our microbes don't give our immune system certain signals. You know, we tend to think with, you know, the gut microbes, we tend to think only things in the gut, like ulcerative colitis, maybe irritable bowel, leaky gut. 
but we've also found connections to autoimmune disorders, metabolic syndrome, asthma, allergies, mood disorders, chronic fatigue, cancers, brain disorders, cognitive decline, Parkinson's disease, all have gut microbiome design ties. So now with all the research coming out on COVID, we're even looking at the gut microbiome and we're able to predict how the body is going to react, both disease severity and dysfunctional immune responses. Patients with COVID-19 had alterations in gut microbes compared to controls. They had more opportunistic pathogens, you know, the bad guys, and less of the beneficial bacteria that keeps the opportunistic ones in check. So this, they they checked them several times during hospitalization and all times while they were being hospitalized. And this imbalance even persisted after they were cleared of COVID and all respiratory symptoms. So we've all heard how even after people recover, they still have gut symptoms. So a little history, human history, on the use of food probiotics. Long before it was just an easy pill you could take, cultures from ancient history all across the world were making fermented foods. Neolithic times, 4,500 years ago, we were preserving crops to keep them throughout the winter. And just about every culture used fermentation. You've got different parts of Asia doing kimchi and natto. And India, they did chutneys, Europe, sauerkraut, yogurt, and cheese. They fermented everything. Cabbage, carrot, garlic, cauliflower, peppers, even lemons and berries. It's called lactic acid fermentation because it takes the natural sugars in food and converts it to a lactic acid bacteria that naturally preserves it through pH and crowds out the pathogenic bacteria. And salt is almost always used because that encourages the good bacteria and further prevents the growth of undesirable ones. So I remember helping my grandma make sauerkraut. She took a big 50-gallon crock and she just layered cabbage and salt. And then at the very top, she put a plate on it and then a rock to weigh it down. Really simple way to take an abundance of cabbage that you couldn't possibly use and allow you to live off it all winter long. We had no clue how critically important our beneficial flora really is. And, you know, fermenting is super easy to do. You can look on YouTube, and it's just full of videos on how-to. So, to have great gut health and strong, healthy flora, you need three things. Prebiotics, probiotics, and postbiotics. Prebiotics you don't often hear about. They're mainly the fibers that you're finding in your fruits and vegetables. They're the food that promote the growth of the good guys and suppress the unfriendly ones. Psyllium and acacia are two common ones that you can add to your food. Then you've got the probiotics. These are the gut microbes themselves. They are the ones that are attributed to the health-promoting aspects, okay? They they strengthen the barrier against infection. They're antibacterial. They're immune-modulating. They're anti-inflammatory. They're affecting your respiratory health, your GI health, and they help absorb nutrients, help elimination, good for urogenital health, and, well, they're just essential. 
We're going to talk about them in a minute. There's literally thousands. You know, I can't talk about all of them, but I'm going to tell you about my favorites. But finally, let's talk about the postbiotics. So they are the byproducts of how probiotics, when they ferment and break down, they're basically the waste products of probiotics. But postbiotic byproducts, a lot of research is being done, and we may find that they are at least as important to our health as the probiotics. Okay, so now back to the probiotics because they are really king right now. And well, they're the live bacteria. So things you need to know is refrigeration is going to keep them safer. There are some on the shelf that are okay, but the best ones are refrigerated and you can guarantee potency. And they also should have an expiration. Also look for dark bottles. That's going to eliminate the risk of UV radiation and oxidation. And then personalization. One probiotic isn't good for everybody. You know, children need different ones than adults. If you're taking them for digestion, that's going to be different than you're going to take it to counter the antibiotic side effects. And you want ones that have been clinically studied. You want to have both all three genus, species, and the specific strain. So you're looking for three words, such as lactobacillus, acidophilus, NCFM. Okay, three things you're looking for. And then amounts matter, but billions may not be necessary in all cases. And finally, manufacturing quality and testing. With all these companies popping up, you don't know a thing about them, it is really, really important. So we're looking for what do you want when you're looking for for something? I mean, are you looking for gastrointestinal health? Maybe you want Bifidobacterium lactis BI07 or Lactobacillus acidophilus NCFM. Or if you've got an acute situation, you might need the yeast S. boulardi, it's Saccomaromyces boulardi, S. boulardi. And the research on that and C. diff is strong, but it's not for daily support. That's just for like temporary relief you're taking it for the immune system because 70% of your immune system is in your gut, it could be potentially helpful to support that. So there you're back to the Lactobacillus acidophilus NCFM or the B. lactis BIO7. Really good for preventing the attachment of viruses and bacteria to the digestive tract. So think, you know, foreign travel or eating food that's not good, that's spoiled or making compounds, and it's going to prevent microorganisms from growing. And maybe it's because of the postbiotics that these things have made. Most importantly, the interaction of probiotics in the gut and the immune cells throughout the body. You know, if your little microbes aren't telling the immune system to react, you can get overrun and your immune system is not responding properly. Okay, now one of my favorites, weight maintenance. Crazy, huh? I could hardly wait to get this one in because I'd been reading the research on it for over a decade. Metagenics has the only one, Ultraflora Control, and it contains B. lactis 420. Research on it is phenomenal. Within a week of getting it in stock, to heck with weight loss, I was having spontaneous calls about long-term IBS clearing up, 
lactose intolerance resolving, bloating gone, even traveler's diarrhea going away. Then I remembered additional research in the small print that showed there was clinical evidence in healing leaky gut measurement of two compounds, zonulin and LPS LPS levels that are associated with a lot of things, inflammatory gut, breakdown in the gut, and also depression. But what we're finding now is it increases this one strain of gut microbes, Acromancia mucinophilia, and that is hard to do. You'd have to eat a lot of unsweetened cranberries and pomegranates for eight weeks to make this strain increase. And it is a fantastic gut bacteria. And you can't get it in a pill. It's got to be nourished in the gut. Standard American diet kills it. So when I saw that ultraflora control increases acromancia mucinophilia, I'm all in. One of my favorite authors, Dr. William Lee, L.I., author of over 100 scientific publications. He does immune therapy research at Harvard. He's done a TED Talk entitled, Can We Eat to Starve Cancer? Well, look him up anyway. His research on acromancia says that while it only can make up about 3% of that 40 trillion bacteria, that small population is amazing. Acromancia can help control the immune system, improve glucose control, decrease gut inflammation, and combat obesity. Maybe that's why B-Lactus 420 works so good. Its impact on the immune system is especially amazing. In his immunotherapy work at Harvard, he finds the presence of this acromancia predicts the best response to immune therapy. If his patients have that bacteria, they're more likely to respond and fight their own cancer. If they lack that bacteria, their immune system may not respond and treatment fails. So lots of acromancia is what we want. Anti-inflammatory, anti-cancer, anti-obesity, and possibly less depression. So I take Metagenics Ultraflora Control every day. Okay, so then maybe you're, you're looking at children's health. The Bifidobacterium animalis, BB12, Lactobacillus rhamnosus, GG, strong history for use in infants and children. So Metagenics has the Ultraflora Kids and Baby. Then for women's health, Rhamnosus GR1 and Lactobacillus ruteri RC14, great for female microflora. So many things. Research on that L. ruteri is also good for plaque and gingival inflammation. A lot of research on that. Oh, Probiotic 11, great for all things respiratory, cold and flu season. Bacillus coagulans, Uh, doesn't need to be refrigerated, and it may be good for digestive upsets, gas, bloating, diarrhea. Um, Bifidophilus fluoroforce may be great for upper respiratory in children. So many things. You know, there are a lot of great value knowing about the microbes in our world. We can't survive without them, but we need to keep the bad guys in check. Keeping the beneficial ones strong and the pathogenic ones minor. Good news, you've got the biggest difference in your diet and lifestyle. Of course, I sound like a broken record, but it's how we were made. You know, if you break the rules on biology, you're taking chances with your very life. So the six things we need to do for our microbes. Number one, 
eat lots of organic vegetables and fruit. They provide that prebiotic fiber and a heck of a lot more. Next thing, avoid toxins. They kill off and disturb microbes. Next thing, reduce stress. You know this, when you're under stress, you most often feel it in your gut first. Next, exercise. People who exercise, stay active, have more diversity and robust gut health. And then you're taking a probiotic to constantly be reseeding in case there's upset. Finally, avoiding Roundup. Recent research has shown more than half of the bacterial species in the human gut microbe are sensitive to glyphosate. Whereas it's not toxic to mammals, human toxicity is low. It's been proven to be toxic to our microorganisms. Okay, so there you have a snippet of the wonderful world of our microbes and what you can do to take care of them so they take care of you. Thanks for listening to another edition of Today's Nutrition. I hope you learned something that will help you or someone you love. As always, you can listen to this or other shows any place you listen to podcasts or on my website, debford.com. Have a great day and do something good for your microbiome.